Welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. This week we are without Neil. He is here for the interview, but he won't be here for the intro because I think he has a wedding come up and weddings are important. So because of that, I am joined by my very good friend and our producer slash editor slash make sure everything gets done on the podcast. Connor, what's up, Connor? Hey there, everyone. You know, I don't think I can ever replace Neil's deep baritone voice or flowing long locks, but you know, I hope to fill the gap for this week. Yes, your smile makes up for everything. So don't even worry about it, my guy. (laughs) All right, well, this week we have Shane Told of Silverstein and also Lead Singer Syndrome. That is his podcast. He has a very successful podcast. It's been going for a few years now. I took a lot of pointers from him. To be honest, Neil and I both took a lot of pointers from him in our careers. I met Shane very early on in my career. He was one of his band was one of the first bands to take me on tour in a tour bus. He literally got me on my first bus. And let me do a photo shoot for him in like a barn in Wisconsin. So we go way back. This is like 12, 13 years. And then our relationship has continued throughout the past, you know, our whole life. Neil also shares some stories of that. And, you know, Connor, you were there. You come to every recording along with Darian. And I was wondering, what did you like about this conversation? What did you take in as the first listener? Yeah, I think Shane brought some good points on, you know, checking your rock star at the door. You know, you're not better than anyone else. You're just, you know, just another part of the crew. And he brought a very good sense of being, just being nice to all your crew members, really making sure everyone is, you know, if you need to go home to see your family or have your girlfriend on tour, like he, him and his team always made sure that you got that flexibility, which I thought was very cool to see someone of his status doing that for his crew. Yeah. I think that Shane really embodies everything that we teach and the values we really like on don't shit on the bus. He is our second artist interview. Last week was our first. The style of these interviews is much more conversation. We hope you enjoy it. If you like it, let us know. Drop us a message. Throw us a comment. We love to hear what you guys have to say. If you're out there, if you can afford it, come join our Patreon. We've got a great community in the Discord. All right, and that leads it to Neil's favorite part and hopefully your favorite part too, Connor, our Patreon. Why don't you do the honors, my friend? All right. We have Sophia joining this week. Thanks for joining us, Sophia. It's great to have you on the bus. All right, cool. All right, Connor, thank you so much for stepping up, doing this intro with me. I'm sorry we can't have you on every podcast audibly, but you know you're always there in spirit and you actually are there because you you produce them. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Rad. How you been, Shane? I've been good, man. How about you? Doing great. Just living. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a whole year, I guess, yeah. now. Like a year to the day that we decided to come home from the middle of our tour. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you, you guys, guys were on tour? Doing the thing like for real. Yeah. Yeah. 20th anniversary tour. Just nope. We were Just like 10 shows like, in. No. It was going awesome too, of course. 20th year anniversary. Congratulations. Yes. Thanks, congratulations. That's a feat for Thank any you. human. 20 years of inspiring everyone. Well, we try. You do. <laughs> There'd Hell be no yeah. day to remember if her was no Silverstein. We were. I was talking about this the other day with Adam. So I was like, "Yeah, you it's, think so? I know so for sure. I mean, like <laughs> you guys were. Do you know a guy, Neil? That's a pretty growing up. That's a pretty massive statement. Thank you, thank you for saying that, Neil. That's the truth. Um, and you guys were kind of doing what we wanted to do. Like we were like, you know, look at them. They're so successful. Like they can do it. Everyone's telling us we can't do it, but they're already <laughs> doing it. You know. <laughs> So we were just like, yeah, they can do it. We can do it. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get a master class on podcasting today, Shane, to be honest. Don't don't expect too much. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Jesus. I just, it's so hard. It's like you don't even know how hard it is until you do it. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like people make it look and seem so easy. They're like, you don't even realize that they're just that good at it. So kudos to you because you make it seem so easy. Thanks, thanks, man. I don't know. Just try to be natural and real and not, you know. Yeah, you're a front man. You're good at talking. This is what you do for a living. <laughs> it's like Neil, Neil, Neil doesn't even get money. Neil gets a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I take pictures. I talk with power cords. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, it's kind of tough to podcast like that. Well, when I was I was writing on the show notes, I was trying to think of like I know where I know Shane from, and I'll share that story later. But how? When did you guys first meet, and when do you guys know each other from? Do you remember? Yeah. Take it away, Neil. I remember yeah. too. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, 
It was like the Victory Records tour, right? It was like you guys were one of the first people that took us out on tour. We did half that tour, and then I think, like, Dance Gavin Dance did, like, the other half or something. It was, like, something to where we split a tour. We were the opener for mm -hmm. you guys, and it was, like, the first real tour we ever did. Yep. And you guys were I so nice to us, and we are just like, this is how we want to tour forever. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember it really well. So we... We, I remember we booked the tour and it was, we were repaying some old favors and this was, we were headlining, I want to say it was like really weird B markets. Mm -hmm. Like we played North Dakota and South Dakota on that tour <laughs> and no one ever uh, does we both were Dakotas. taken out from Autumn to Ashes Sorry. who yep. had took, taken us out on one of our biggest, you know, real tours, first real tours and uh, Strike Anywhere who had also done the same, you know, around kind of when we were getting started. So we brought both those bands out, which was, you know, we just, we like to do that. We like to, you know, pay it forward a little bit. And then we were looking for an opening band, first of four. And uh, at the time, I was getting to be pretty good friends with Craig at Rise Records. And uh, he was telling me, oh, you got to, you got to bring this band out, Dance Gavin Dance, you know, they're like blowing up and all this stuff. So we were like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. It's first of four, we'll bring them out. And right before we were about to announce that, and it was kind of all done, Tony from Victory <laughs> called us up and was like, what are you doing? You got to bring Data Remember on this thing. And like, we knew the name, but I, you know, we weren't really sure yet. Kind of like, I don't know. I don't think I'd he actually heard your band yet at this point. Probably for um, the better. <laughs> no, you, that, that record's still good. Really good. I like that record. But uh, so, yeah, we, you know, basically Tony kind of, twisted our arm into having the tour split between um a day to remember i'm sorry between uh, dance gavin dance and you guys and that was what the tour was so you guys were on the first half of it as i recall mm -hmm. and i remember the first show was in i want to say like wisconsin or something and jeremy was sick and he didn't illinois. even sing it was illinois, illinois. Yep. yep yeah it was illinois and it was uh the one of the hardest shows I've ever played in my life. That was a really, we had a fucking guitar tech guy that's like, hey, I can do this for you guys. And we're like, are you sure? Uh. And he's like, yeah. And we're like, dude, this is like the biggest opportunity of our entire career so far. Like, this is something we <laughs> really look up to. We, we can't cancel. Like, obviously, we knew this was like a big deal. We told, I think we talked to Tony and we we're like, what do we do? And he's like, you have to play. You have to do it. And we're like. Jeremy doesn't have a voice, and then so we just, I mean, I think we played um, a show in Wisconsin the day before in Madison at whatever with that October Falls band or whoever that okay. was. Oregon okay. Falls. What is it? Oregon Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played with them the day before, and it was, we played with the guy who filled in. He was in this band, um, My Children, My Bride. He was guitar teching for us. He just like, hey, let me come on tour with you guys. I'll guitar tech. And we're like, yeah, that'd be sick. We've never had a guitar tech. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> whatever, you know. And so he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fill in. And he's like, I can kind of sing. His name was Robert. And um, it was it was rough. It was harder than he thought. And that show was uh, really bad. Yeah, no, I, I just remember Jeremy <laughs> was like sick sleeping in the van and your merch guy was singing. The yes. first time I'd ever seen your band play. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I was like, this has been pretty good. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's yeah, I was like, I was like yeah, this band's, I this band's I pretty sick. I was like, fuck. Yeah. That's and then, wait, really fast, Shane. One of the first things you said, which I know what it meant. I know Neil know what it means. But in this context, what does it mean to be repaying old favors when talking about going on tour? Oh, oh yeah. Well, um, typically, like, when you're a new band... And you, you know, you're on your first record or whatever, um, or maybe you don't even have a record out. Someone kind of takes a chance on you, you know, um, they say, Hey, we'll bring you on tour, open up the tour first of five, here's a hundred bucks or whatever, which, you know, everybody needs that opportunity to yeah. start somewhere. And for us, you know, we, we put out our first album in like 2003 and honestly, nobody gave a shit. Um, didn't have success out of the gate at all. E even though we were on a big label like victory, like nobody would take us out on tour and we, it was a real struggle that first year. And then finally we got a little bit of, you know, I don't know, a little bit of uh, hype, I guess. And then from on to ashes took us out on 
kind of the first real tour. Like we played, like, I think we played house of blues for the first time kind of thing on that tour. And, and then right after that was strike anywhere. So it was like back, back, back to back tours. We took, we, we did with those bands. And, um, so once, you know, from, from playing those tours and getting in front of people, our popularity increased and we actually surpassed the popularity of Fermented to ashes. And we surpassed the popularity of strike anywhere so when we were looking for opening bands, we said, hey, do you guys want to come come on tour with us? Yeah. And it's almost exactly the same thing, the thing that happened with The Day to Remember. Um, we brought you guys out, and then you guys brought us out again on the um, the tour sick, you know, mm-hmm. when, we, one of your first big uh, headliners. So that's, it doesn't always happen. Not everybody, you know, has that punk rock, like, sense of community and, you know, repaying the favor, but... You know, it, it does happen, I think, still sometimes, and it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's important, I feel like. I think that, like, you got to repay those people that take the chance on you. It's like, obviously, like you said, Tony kind of was, like, twisting your arm, but it's like, for us, that was everything, you know? Like, we were mm-hmm. just like, we look up to these guys. We couldn't think of any other way of doing it. It's like the moment that we had that opportunity, of course we were going to bring you out. You know, it's yeah. like that's just how it was, you know? Yeah. Well, we still liked you guys, though. Like, we didn't, we, it wasn't like we were like, fuck this and kicking no, and screaming no, the whole way. Like, we, we were on board for it. Means. It's like when you're trying to put together a bill, you want to like make it as like impactful as possible. So taking someone that you've never heard is, it's a big risk. Yeah. And like, kind of like yep. doing a favor like that. It is a favor, you know, like, especially with like someone you've never heard of or, or maybe you've heard of them a couple of times, but you don't know how their draw is going to be. And, and it's, it's important to have that, that bill that kind of hits from the beginning to when you guys play, you know? So I get it. I mean, I understand. Yeah. It was funny though, how very, you know, early on in the tour, we realized, oh shit, like a day to remember actually is probably outdrawing the other two bands. And then dance Gavin dance was as well. And that's always an interesting thing that seems to happen too, is that sometimes that those opening bands that are newer, that just get thrown on a tour, like the hype builds Mm -hmm. so fast that all of a sudden, like halfway through the tour, you're like, oh shit, like people are coming out for this band, you know, and that, and that's always a, a cool thing to see too. I, I love that. It's always weird. Like I always thought it was kind of interesting and like a tour is like a month and a half. Right. And like in your mind, a month and a half is like not that long, but like when a band is like really starting to pop off a month and a half of time is like, you can really go from like, not many people know about this band to all the publicity surrounded a tour. Like yeah. everyone's like talking about, Oh, the silver stream tour, all this stuff. And it's like, Oh, data. Remember, have you checked out their new album? You're getting a bunch of press from like, you know, victories doing ads or TV spots or whatever. Um, and so it's like you re- a really, a lot can change in a month and a half and like you can go on the tour. No one knows who you are. And by the end it's like, Oh shit. You know, these guys are really drawing people. Totally. Yeah. You hear the stories about bands. Like I think panic at the disco. I, I like when they were blowing up, I forget what tour they were on. It was something like something it was, wild it was, though. It was Paramore, uh, Augustana, which another yeah. band that kind of had like that one hit Boston. wonder success. Oh, I love that band. Such Panic at the Disco. I think Panic at the Disco opened, and by the end of the tour, they were yeah. like bigger than everybody on the tour. Yeah, and yeah, it's crazy. I saw it at the Social in Orlando, and it was like kind of in the middle of the tour. And I went to see like Paramore, and I think someone else like from that whole FBR world was on that tour, and it was like this is the most stacked lineup that is playing at the Social, which was kind of mind blowing. Yeah, but awesome. like even Augustana, it's like I think they had like some MTV success in the middle of that tour. It's like. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I went to the tour you guys are talking man. about. Sorry, what are you saying, Shane? Oh, I just said Augustana. Very underrated band. But go yeah, ahead, Adam. Incredible. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, it's cool hearing your guys' path of when you met because that's kind of when I I knew about Silverstein before I knew about A Day to Remember. I was on the Victory Street team, so that's how I learned Whoa. about A Day to Remember. But I learned about Silverstein because my best friend Craig randomly bought your album in FYE in Madison, Wisconsin. He just thought it looked cool. And then we went to I went to that show. I have photos from that show, and that's just I don't. I mean, I didn't know you guys. I wasn't even involved in the industry. I was, you know, fourteen. But it's cool to like hear like that's when you guys met, and that's when your, you know, relationship started too. So I feel like I was there in spirit. Was no. that was that the first time you photographed us? It was because Victory like sent out this sampler, and it had one. You know, like back in the Tony day, forced when, you to photograph us then too. 
No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, hardcore dancing to the breakdown, like, you had to know when the breakdown was, and I, like, knew yeah, when yeah. the breakdown was, and I thought it was so cool. So that's how I remember, like, that was, I was like, oh, I know this band, and I, like, t I don't know. You know, that's what hyped people up back then, and it was, it was cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, meeting, when we met you, Adam, it was really, really interesting. I think, you know, I don't know how old you were. You were pretty young, too. <laughs> Paul found you somehow like as a, you know, oh, this, this kid can take good photos. And we, isn't it true? We brought you on your first tour. Yeah. You, you are my first bus tour. Four Little Lie was like my first oh, yeah. tour, but like uh -huh. I really learned how to tour with you guys. You know, that was like, you know, uh, but yeah, you guys did a photo shoot with me an hour outside Milwaukee in a barn that I found. Yeah. Yep. And I remember was, the photo. There was like a swing or something. It was like, yeah, the swing in the barn. Yeah. It, it was, was very Miley so Cyrus. <laughs> but I was like that I mean, for what it's worth, like in my world, like you really, that was a big day for me because this band that I, it was like one of the first times where a band I had like heard of and seen and known about now knew about me and was working with me. And I was like, Oh shit, like I can do this. And then, yeah, yeah. the first, I went on a tour with you guys and you guys taught me you were the ones who taught me bus etiquette and you taught me how to live on a bus and taught me how to kind of <laughs> tour. And it was, I, I, I was trying, I think it was you guys like before their eyes. I think that was the tour. Um, maybe I don't remember who it was. Was it the tour with, uh, bless the fall Yes. and, yes. uh, Norma Jean, but then Norma Jean no, like, Norma, dropped. Yeah. Norma, Norma Jean, Jean dropped off there. after maybe you came on after yeah. Norma Jean was on the tour and then they dropped off. I think. Yeah. Maybe it was like oh, 2009. On. Is that right? Yeah. It's like 2009 and, or yeah, 2009. And it was like, I just remember being on your bus and then like we went to Chicago house of blues and the feeling of like arriving at a place for the first time on a bus and then getting coffee with one of you guys. And then having my friends coming to the show and being like, this is our tour bus was like, <laughs> you guys made me what I thought was cool <laughs> and what I still think is cool. You know? So I like, it, you really did change my life. Uh, maybe in it, maybe as much as, but in a different way than you did for a dinner member. I was literally just going to say Silverstein is the reason we're both here. Thanks Shane. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Shane. No, way seriously. Too much, thanks, way too thanks much for... credit, but, but, um, that's, that's cool. That makes me blush. Well, you gave us our first real opportunities. I mean, that's like the truth, you know, like, um, without even, you know, saying too much about it, but cause we've already talked a lot about it, but it really was like the first opportunity and to hear the Adam tour with you guys on the bus for the first time. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They also uh, tell me about Russell Peters, which is why Shane's birthday was <laughs> recently. And I, the quotes still go in my head and I still picture them all laughing in the front lounge, watching Russell Peters red, white, and Brown, which I can't find anywhere. It might be like borderline too edgy these days or something, but <laughs> it's like it's, Russell it, would be canceled in 2020 yeah, or something aged, like that. I don't know. It but. hasn't aged super well. Um, if like, if he was a white guy, it would be totally canceled. Uh, yeah. but you know, part he's of it is hilarious. His, he's he, he is great. Hilarious. I mean, up here in Canada, like he's so massive. You I mean, he's the big biggest everywhere, comedian but in the world. Like huge. He's the biggest comedian there is, I think. So yes, it's crazy. He like sold out Sydney opera house multiple nights. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He'll, he'll do it's, it's wild, but yeah, no, we, we showed you the, the Russell Peters love. I also remember that first tour we did. Adam was, uh, we went to like this legit frat party oh he was just talking about this the other day <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i wonder if shane's memories i wanted to know like what your memories are with me and if they're the same as my memories with you because i was telling him about this but please yeah. tell it well all i can remember was there was like a couple girls uh that i knew i feel like we were somewhere in dc virginia baltimore yeah. area like somewhere in that neck of the woods and yeah we just like went we didn't really know what we were getting into. We just like went and someone's like, yeah, there's like a party or whatever. And we went and it was full on, like out of a fucking movie dude standing on the roof being like, cops are showing up. Everyone's got to go <laughs> like with a, yeah. like a bottle remember, of Jack in his hand. I remember walking down the staircase to the basement and there was like somebody standing above oh, yeah. the staircase where you're not supposed to stand. They were just like walked over there and they were like, yeah, like cheering. And I was just like, I mean, I grew up in a college town, so I kind of get it, but it was different being on like the East coast slash South kind of mm. like, it was just a whole nother, like there was more solo cups than people times 10 there. It was like, Oh yeah. The weird thing is, is like, I've seen a bunch of like college movies with parties. So I think I can vividly see in my mind without even being there exactly what it was like. 
it, it was exactly like what's in your mind. Yeah. And I just remember we like, you know, we, it was one of those things that like we had this kind of wild night and I don't know how old you were at the time. You must've been pretty young, Adam. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 2009, so I'm 20. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't even old enough to drink. Anyway, I just we like, you know, you still got to get back for bus call. There's always like <laughs> oh, yeah. this looming bus call. It's so funny. So it's like, I don't know what time we just get back and everyone's like, so what did you guys get up to? And we're like, just look at each other. Like, Oh my God, where did we start? <laughs> Dude. But like, I don't know about you, but I have this like fleeting, like sometimes it makes me really sad. Those are the things I live for on tour, and I can literally remember, if I didn't take a photo of it, I can just remember the one snapshot. And sometimes I look forward to talking to people like you and just le learning the memories you have of us together, because I feel like I gain new memories. And it's kind of fun oh, yeah. with people that you tour with like that. Like, you all have different memories of the same things. Oh, yeah, the different perspectives of, like, the same situation that kind of helps you, like, build this bigger image, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, oh, man. It really yeah, is. No, it is. And, it's funny, too, because like he was saying, you had to be back for bus call, like rolling in after an, a situation like that and telling everybody on the bus. It's like you, you guys will never know what we just experienced. <laughs> and even if I use the most descriptive words, like it's still not going to do it justice. And only you and that other person or whoever else was there with you can really fucking remember or know what you just went through. I think that's that's I love that. I love that. I'm glad yeah. it sticks out in your mind, too, Shane. That makes me. Oh, happy. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I have a few memories of that, but then like, of course I just, then I just, we just run into you everywhere after that. Cause you started touring with everybody, you know? And it was, yeah, it was, it was cool to see, to see you grow Adam, like from, you know, just kind of from that nervous kid, you know, taking photos of us in your own barn to like, you know, just all the crazy tours. And then we're like, how the hell's this guy got a hundred thousand followers on Instagram? Or we're like, whatever it was at the time. Like what? How's this guy bigger than we are? That yeah, was weird. We had to get Adam his own security in Mexico city one time. I believe I'm not it. kidding. We like went out to the, we like played the show in Mexico city. Obviously everyone in Mexico city is insanely fanatic. They are some of the best Yo, fans in the entire wait, world. Neil, they played um, the show with us. Yeah. We were, we, we might've been at that show. show. Oh, that is, I do remember that. I remember the going backstage yeah, and the talking Mexicos. to you guys. That, that that same night, we went out to buy bootleg merch, and Adam had to have his own security. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. I still have a bunch of that bootleg bootleg merch, dude. They like, that's the best that's, merch on earth, straight up. People don't understand. Like people think when they think of like okay bootleg merch, they think it's like you know what you, we see in America where there's like a dude with a bo couple boxes of t-shirts, like just shitty printing. We were like, like, hey, shove ten bucks, like get a shirt. <laughs> this is like. You walk outside the venue in Mexico City, it's like fucking warp tour. Oh, it's <laughs> sick. Like there I'm not even kidding. There's like 20 <laughs> 10 by 10 tents of everything you could ever imagine printed. Like stuff we wouldn't even think of making. Like I got a Silverstein engraved flask. Oh, that, I was just going to I have like a coffee cup awesome. with like a metal logo that took like yeah. someone to like smelt it or whatever they used to do like blacksmithing yeah. or something like dude. i like gave it to my mom and she still has it she's like dude we weren't even headlining and they were making this shit <laughs> that's awesome it's, it's the crazy. best thing ever dude like yeah, i think man. we have some of the best merch ideas from that exact show <laughs> that we are still trying to reproduce today it's like oh no exactly. new album's coming out we got to make coffee cups with a metal logo on it that's you right know, it's like mexico did it already Oh, they, t they did it in like, what was it like 2011 or 2012 or something? That was, 14. I rolled, I rolled up I to know. the, to the tent and I was like, like a couple, you know, it's always weird. There's like the, the people that are like, what the fuck? They're like ripping us off. Like, we're going to, we're going to go tell them to shut it down. And then oh, there's yeah. people like me. It's like, well, actually, can I get a couple things? You know, but walking uh, up to them. my band. So, uh. Well, <laughs> right right but I, I walked up to them and like they have a poster or a shirt with like my face on it and i'm like hi uh that's me can i like can i get some stuff they're like no i was like can i get a discount yeah no. you could it's always like, haggle. Right, i feel like you could haggle we definitely oh, yeah. haggle oh, for sure them. i was like they're like 15 bucks i'm like 10 <laughs> 10 american they're like yeah okay cool oh, exactly <laughs> it's good to just talk to people that you've I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel I was kind of going through the thoughts of like, like Shane and my's like relationship and how we've known each other through the years. And it's a little different than Neil's because it's been a little more intermittent. Like we really haven't done a tour since 2009. I've just seen you here and there. And sometimes I feel 
like, I don't know if you feel the shame, not specifically with me, but just in general, it's hard for me to wrap my round or mind around the fact that like, you're like a really good friend of mine, but I see right. you once like every two years and I get to yeah. talk to you for maybe 10 to 20, 30 minutes, but yeah. I would still consider you a really good friend. And my instinct tells me to feel guilty about that. It says, Hey, like you need to have more of a relationship to somebody with friends with, but I have like, I think it's pretty normal in touring world. Like, Hey, you pick right back up where you left off. Kind of. It's weird. It's oh, a, yeah. yeah. That's such a great thing. And you, you actually articulated that really well because that's something that I've, I've thought like about at various times, you know, like you'll run into someone and you'll be like, just like, Oh fuck man. So good to see you. And then after you like have this, another amazing, like just time with them, whether it's, whether it's for a half an hour or even less, whether it's 10 minutes or whether it's like 10 hours and you're doing a festival together or whatever it is after that's over, you know, everyone's busy. It's like, it's hard sometimes to like mm -hmm. pick up the phone and keep in touch. Some people are, you know, all over social media. Some people aren't like, I'm not particularly good at social media. Like I don't post a lot on there really. So like it's, it happens all the time where like I'll run into people and I might not have talked to them in five, 10 years and that doesn't mean they less mean less to me or that we're not like t really tight, you know? And that, that is a really good point that you bring up because yeah, man, they're like all, all you guys that date data remember, like I, I ran into you guys, um, when you played in Michigan, when was it, uh, with I prevail that like massive show that show was amazing yeah the i ran to all you guys story, and it was yeah. just like i was like I, I ran into alex in the hallway i was like hey man he's like hey <laughs> hey shane what's up like just like like we just saw each other last week you know the weirdest it's, thing uh, about those situations too is it's like you start to like not even like you're like see people in weird places but like it doesn't make sense for like one second and then you're just like oh yeah i mean yeah shane from silverstein's here and you're like well yeah of course <laughs> he is and then you're like wait why is he <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, is he playing the uh, show. This just is how it is. You know, like, it's yeah. It can throw you off a little bit, though, when you're like not used to seeing someone somewhere and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. You know, you're in you're in like Germany and like just someone randoms there. You're like, oh, OK, well, yeah. I the mean, weird why thing not? for me is it's always like I always Germany. I always confuse timelines because every backstage looks similar or every festival like is similar to where I'm like was that before or after this? And then I'm like, yeah, did we see them then? And then I'm like, someone's like, yeah, we saw the, we saw Shane, uh, you know, he, he came out to the show and I'm just like, wait, fuck. When was that tour? Everything's blurry. Then I like think about when the degenerates tour even was. And I'm like, that was like two years ago or something <laughs> or, or a year and a half ago now. And I'm just like, Oh fuck. This yeah. It's true too though. Like as the venues start to get bigger, you know, and it's, or like, it's the warp tour effect too, where like every venue looks the same. Yeah. It gets harder when you play the small shitty places and you're like, Oh yeah, oh, I remember yeah. I had to shit in this fucking awful toilet. <laughs> yeah. And then like the bus was parked like around a corner and it was like real weird. Like, you know, and, or the catering is like, once it's like, okay, yeah, you're playing 5,000 cap rooms. It's like, okay, everything is just set They're up very similar. Exactly. Hot, and that makes it, it definitely room. makes it harder to remember. Yeah. I feel like for the first time too, and obviously there's no true upside of COVID. I know this is a weird segue, but <laughs> people like before touring, there was no way for me to really be like to under to help somebody who doesn't tour or excuse me, before COVID, there wasn't really a way for me to help somebody who hasn't toured know what it was like to kind of feel like every day felt the same. But now with COVID, I see people kind of experiencing it, whether they've been in their own place every day or they haven't been going out as much and everything kind of blurs together and time just goes by. And I'm like, yes, I kind of know, like we can, I can kind of relate to this. Like, I yeah, feel yeah. like I don't, I, maybe I'm stretching here, but that's how I felt at least. No, it's like, I've been preparing for this moment my entire adult life. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I can stay in one spot every day that looks the same. <laughs> No, I that's can't. I've, I've had that's... like the worst time. <laughs> I've like literally struggled the hardest, I think. Yeah, no, that's like a good, that's like a weird silver lining. I haven't heard anyone say it like that because it is true when you look at it that way. When you think of those Groundhog Day, Warp oh, yeah. Tour, especially parking scenarios. Lot, parking lot, parking lot, parking lot. Yeah, for sure. But then the whole fact that we are always constantly on the move and there's still like the truck stops and the mm -hmm. days off and all that. And those are, you don't get those anymore. 
and it's yeah it's I'm, i haven't been doing great either neil to be honest it's now that it's been a year i'm, I'm just glad that a year ago no one told me it was going to be a year because yeah. i would have freaked out i would have freaked out same i was in my brother told total me denial told to shut total, up sorry i keep cutting you off adam no no i just said like i was go. in total denial i was like oh yeah a month or two we'll be back and thank god i believe that i i kind of was the same way i i never could imagine that it would be a year i, I was just like well it just can't be like there's yeah. no there's no way that that could like the world wouldn't it just can't you know like i didn't understand how things would just exist that way you know like we're all here like we're in a house we need to have a job we need to do these things to pay for the things that you know take money to live and bills and whatever and whatever and i was like i know that like obviously our world shut down first and probably will be the last one to uh come back and someone told me that and i was honestly in disbelief i was talking to franz from attila he was at the studio that um i work at he was recording with andrew wade and he's like yeah man uh you know, we're the first ones to go away and we're going to be the last ones to come back. And I'm like, <laughs> Franz, you don't know anything, man. <laughs> you know, I just kind of like no. brush it off. I'm like, he's Franz. He's a psycho. He's and surprisingly smart. <laughs> he's guy. very smart. And the thing is, is like he knew from the beginning and I just didn't want to believe it. I was like in denial. And I was like, no, uh, if that's impossible, you know, the world can't continue to spin that way. You know, like in so many words, like it's not like the people who have jobs that can't do that they can't afford to live and they can't put food on the table and they can't do these things that we just need as human beings to survive and i just didn't see how if someone said a year ago i would just been like no i'm gonna lose my mind that's impossible and then to be here now i'm like wow yeah are a very resourceful uh race of beings that's for sure i've noticed that in this past year that everyone has just made it work but but i'm with you neil It it did feel like oh well well like the 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 people in charge or whoever they won't they can't let that happen it can't be a year right like they're gonna figure it out they always figure it out and then you get a little bit older and you realize nobody knows what the fuck they're doing at any level and here we are a year later and like i guess now that with the vaccines and you know at least they're talking a pretty big game but we'll see i know neil's answer to this but shane it's like i've looked at your podcast and i know how active you are in that world do you did that really help you through all this just having something to kind of like that was stable and consistent and something you could do or how did you kind of cope with it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, you know, going back a year, we were, you know, we, we planned this 20 year anniversary tour, like so for so long and like all these working parts and it was going to be, you know, our kind of one big tour for the year. We, we did the European portion in, um, February and then we started the U S one in March and then it was, you know, we had kind of the whole year planned, so when it got shut down, it was like, well, there's all our money for the year. Like yeah. that's just, you know, gone. We, you know, and that's like, we were counting on that. So it's like, okay, well n- now what? And the fact that I already have like a successful podcast that, you know, you know, keeps me afloat was, I felt really fortunate about that, you know? And then of course, like it, it was always like, we, we thought it was going to be way worse than it was, you know, everyone's freaking out, like, oh, cancel my newspaper subscription. I can't afford this or yeah. Yeah. whatever kind of, kind of stuff. And then in, in the end, you know, like we all, we all made it work and live streams were successful and like all that stuff. But, um, oh, and victory getting sold was really good too. <laughs> Started actually getting some, some, um. You're like, uh, what are checks. these things they call royalties? I've never seen those before. Exactly, right? That that came at a nice <laughs> time, too. But, uh, yeah, man, like, the podcast has been great, and it, it, it took a big step forward, too, because so many people were bored and at home, and were like, sure, I'll talk to you. You know, I'm not, I don't have to just try to squeeze you in on a day off. So, you know, I talked to, like, everybody from, from, um, Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World to Scott Stapp, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like Scott everyone's sick. He was, he was amazing. The guy's super really. nice. So, you know, when, when I have like people like that just come, coming to me, it's like, Oh, this is awesome. And then, you know, I expanded the podcast, uh, to some other things. And then I, I've been on Twitch for the last, whatever, four or five months. I know you're doing a lot of that too, Neil. That's been really not just, um, not just financially great, but also, so much fun. Like I'm really yeah. enjoying it. And and now I'm finding myself actually pretty busy, maybe 
like a lot busier than I normally am, mm-hmm. maybe even on tour. So yeah. So all in all, like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling okay. It's got that consistent schedule that isn't getting interrupted by any music tours anytime soon. So you can be like, yeah, I'm going to be here next week. I know this for yeah. sure. And I yeah. can do these things. Well, I feel well, like when I toured with you guys and every time I ran into you as a group, you were always such like level-headed, kind, healthy people in a way where like, I never felt like there was any ego going on and you kind of just, you're just here to play music and do your thing. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if, and maybe some of this translated into, uh, hanging out at home during Corona, but if you like what your guys, if you guys ever, ever paid special attention to what people now classify as self-care, I don't think we really said that back in the day when we were touring, it was just like more being healthy, but was there ever anything you guys did in an intentional way to, I don't know, be that way? Or was it just natural because of the type of people you are? I don't, if you can speak to anything like so, that, do you know what, do you know yeah, what I mean? Kind of? It, it, yeah, I know. I think I know what you mean. I would say it's tough. To, it's tough to answer. Cause I don't always know how other bands and stuff operate. You know, I know how we do and we're always there for each other. And, you know, if somebody needs whatever they need, like we're always very supportive. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, and, and the ego thing too, I think that that's always been something that has been important. Like, you know, I don't p- try to play the lead singer card too often. Like I will <laughs> once in a while, but you know, like I don't say, oh, well, I'm the fucking singer. Give me the best bunk or, <laughs> you know, or like, like shit. We, we never had rules like, okay, a, a band members can, can have their girlfriend out for this many days. But if you're a crew guy, you can't have your girlfriend. Out. I was like, you need to see your fucking girlfriend. You're on the road with us. Bring her right. out. We don't care. Yeah. Have her, you know what I mean? Like you do what you got to do for your own sanity or your own personal life or whatever. We're all in this together, whether you're tuning guitars or playing guitars, you know, um, I like that. that's always been our approach to it. And I, I know that a lot of bands don't operate that and that's understandable. So I don't know. We've just taken it that way. Like it, it's the same, like, like I, when we first started touring, you know, I would always go out to the merch table to talk to people, you know, mostly just cause I was hoping that they'd buy our shirts if I was standing there, you know, that was like wh- why I initially started doing it. And then over the years, like as we got bigger and stuff, like it just felt weird when I didn't go out there. So it was, mm-hmm. it got ridiculous. We're playing at the Tokyo dome in Japan opening for like Avril Lavigne. And I'm like, well, I got to go out to the merch table. They're like, you're not, you can't go out there. <laughs> you cannot go you out cannot there. You cannot go out there, Shane. <laughs> right. Please. And, and for your own that's safety. my job. Right. The safety of everyone, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we played the show in Peru and I just stepped out and started waving and shook a kid's hand. And then they, they took me, man. The riot police started hitting kids with, with we need to get Shane clubs. Back. He's it one of them like, now. So, so that, that, I don't know that like men, that mentality that I, I have, I think we all kind of instill. And I don't know how much that relates to our own, you know, you know, talk about wellness or and, and mental health and all that. But I think there's a certain, a certain degree of it, you know, that we, we've kept that down to earth, like try to try to keep the check the rock star shit at the door a little bit. And I think that that's helped, um, helped with everything. Do you think that it kind of had something to do with like your beginning and like what, how you got into, uh, music in general? I know that a lot of you guys are kind of like into that, not to sound cringy, but like the punk rock kind of vibe, you know, like that's the scene that you guys came from. Yeah. No, we all like sleeping on floors and fucking cramming into a van and making it happen. Do you think that that yep. had something to do with it? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, growing up how I did in, in the community, the suburbs of Toronto, like we, we had shows and it would be five bands from who knows where playing whatever kind of music. And if my band was on the show, like I didn't, there was no headliner. There was no opener. Like nobody cared. You just played. Right. I was like, I would go on stage to play my own music, still sweaty from moshing for the, the band that I, that played before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it didn't matter to me really at all, whether I was, if I was playing or if I was watching or whatever, it was like, it was just a real sense of community. Yeah. Um, that we were all just in it for the greater good of music hey. and expression and, and everything. So that always has been a huge part of, of, of who I am. So I, I absolutely, I mean, I feel like you guys down in Florida was similar too, though. Like you guys oh, came yeah. from, came from that as well. I mean, 
it's one of those things where you, like you said, it's like, we were happy enough to just have a show and then how hard it is to have a show. Like we got to figure out who's bringing the PA. We got to figure yeah. out who's making this happen. Like it wasn't these people are the headliner. It was, we want to have a show because we all want to play music. Yeah. And if we work together, it's a little bit easier because it's fucking hard. Yep. But I had, I had the PA. So, so the, you know, whoever was doing the show, I could expect a call like late Thursday night being like, Hey, uh, can I, uh, I was like the PA. Yeah, sure. Just like, I'll leave it on my front port and you know, they'd bring it back on Sunday and it had a few more dents in it. You know, um, one time though, I remember the, one of the speakers blew in it and, uh, people were really nice about like they got it fixed for me and everything like we had you know we had a community but i never i didn't say like yeah you can pick up my my pa but you better you gotta give me a hundred bucks it's like no man like take it put on the show this is good for everybody and that's just the way that we you know the way we rolled i guess it's like even now you can like think back and i think in the moment you don't think about it like that it's like of course you can use the pa you know because it's like that community was as important to you when you weren't there as when you were because like you wanted to continue that like scene, I guess is so you would call it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, it like thinking about it now, you're like, yeah, you know, I let people use the PA, whatever. But then it was like, of course, of course the PA is, yes, we need to have these shows. It needs to happen no yeah. matter what. Like, and I remember being young and it was like, everything was about that. Like my, I was like, it was hard for me to explain it to like my parents of like why I did it, but it was, of course I did it. I knew nothing else and nothing else mattered. And I think that that kind of was how, when it came hard to being on tour, it's like, of course, like I want nothing else than to do this. And I don't care if it's hard. I don't care if we can't afford to eat or whatever. It's like, I know nothing else and I want to do nothing else. This is what we're doing. And it was just a, a a bonus that we were successful. That was just kind of cool. You know, like we would have done it even if it continued to be not much, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, the the reality of it too, when we started and I like, I was in university, I was in, um, I guess I was starting my third year of university when the band got signed to victory. And I just assumed like we would sign to victory, put out like two records and break up and I'd go back to school or like find a real job. You know, like there was no like idea of, I still laughed for years when people would be like, Oh, so at this point in your career, I'm like career, like, like, you know, you too has a career. Like that's, that's, I don't have a career. I'm just like, we're riding around in a fucking van, like hoping 75 kids show up. Like if a hundred do, it's amazing. Like this is not a career. And I don't, know if people think like that anymore i think it's it's different today but that the honest truth was like i didn't think i'd be here 20 years later talking to you fine people you know like it is no there was definitely no uh uh foresight like that right yeah how, i mean neil am i good sorry would you want to say something i was just gonna say i remember kind of having a similar conversation with like doug from the sleeping it was like one of the i think it was like the tour we did right after you and he was like, I was like talking to him. We were playing in San Francisco, at like a famous venue that's like not there anymore. I don't even remember what it's called now, but um, we were like in the dra- downstairs dressing room and he's like, like just talking to me about like writing music that would hopefully change people. And I was like, I don't think like that. But then again, I was just, I'm not like Jeremy, you know, like I'm not like writing these songs where I'm like pouring my heart out. Like, I like contributed a guitar for a breakdown or whatever, you know, like my contribution wasn't like me pouring my heart out, whatever. But like, Mm. I was like, I don't care if we change the world or not. I don't care if we change anyone. I'm just fucking stoked to be here. And he, like, my answer was like, he was just like, huh? Like, what do you mean? You know, like, (laughs) like, what do you mean? What, like, I, and, and it kind of goes back to like talking about it, like being a career or not. Like, I didn't care about that. It wasn't no. even about that. It wasn't. But you know, I what know. I wonder, I, what I wonder about that too, is if it's because I'm like this kid from Canada, you're this kid from Ocala, Florida, like the, you know, these like small places, like nobody, nobody ever came from my town and like was a rock star. Right. Like that <laughs> never happened. Like we had, there were some big Canadian bands, but like not not really and they were all from like toronto or maybe from like 
Vancouver or like, you know, something like that, or they had these opportunities or they were really talented or they certainly weren't screaming, you know? So it was different, but then like Doug, like he's from New York city. Right. So maybe there's like a different mentality there. It has to be, it has to be right. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause I, I never thought like that at all. Because well, when you think about people from New York city, like it has to be like the biggest people ever in the world. They go to like, if you're from a small city, you moved to New York city to make your stuff happen. Especially if you grew up around there and like, people are like, you're coming up. It's like, you're big, you're going to be big. But big to them was like actually big. Big to me was like, we're going to play the social in Orlando. That's right. Fucking sick. I couldn't even imagine ever playing the house of blues. I was like, we're never going to reach that. You know, it's like for us, like, and I think you mentioned it earlier. It's like playing in front of a hundred kids. It, it was never like, I never imagined even growing bigger than that. And that was fine. And it's like the fact that it's like, I don't know, like, how do you think it's changed from that like how do you think that like we got out of that like how did how how did that change for us uh, it's it's a great question and i don't know if it's one i can answer in, in some ways man i still feel the same way like we'll roll into a venue and like let's say you know we're like the first ones in probably because someone has to take a shit because yep. you can't shit on the bus uh hey got and um you'll, you'll like, told us you can and i thought it was a myth and i never knew that it even existed but he said you can shit on the bus I've heard that it's you pretty much can too, and they won't really like, ever know. Just they don't. They, the drivers just don't want you to. Is is basically like, like son of a bitch. I've like yeah. literally shit on my own hand, <laughs> trying to poop in a bag and throw it out the window, and just to know that I could have possibly just let it, not talked about it, and just let you know, no one's awake. I'm I'm not trying to derail your question, but I'm just saying I, no. that blew my mind. No, absolutely, absolutely. But but no, what I was saying is like you know you you wake up in the morning and you run in the venue real quick. And there's times when like, it won't even be that big a venue and you'll just kind of look out to the floor and you'll be like, wait a second. That's, this is going to be full. Like, like no way. Like this many people are going to come to this show. This many people care about our stupid screaming band. Like what? And it still gets me. It still gets me like we'll play even venues that aren't big. I remember last time we were at Bogart's walking. I was like, did they make this place bigger? Like what? The, <laughs> it's like 1300 cap. And I'm like, this place looks huge. Like, are we going to fill this? It's like, of course we are. Yeah, we always do. But it's just, it's weird, man. Like I, it's it still ingrained in my head somehow. I think that like, I'm not supposed to be here <laughs> no matter how long it's like, it's like every that I'm still year, some kind like, of oh a fraud or something. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree. Every year, I mean, I can kind of relate in a photographer way where, you know, I I relate to you guys a lot, actually, where I'm like, I never really thought it would make a career out of this. And I still think I'm like, is this still going? Is this still like we're like, it's still happening, right? Or am I just getting lucky every year again and again? Like, I don't really know what to attribute it to. Yeah. Well, it's in the music industry. It's you're only as good as, you know, some what you've done recently. Right. You know, I'm I'm sure in in the photography game, it's (laughs) pretty similar. Right. You know, like everything happens so quickly and there's so many people that are like trying to make it happen, you know, and people are doing all these things all the time that like you've been it's been ingrained in us to be like, we got We got to sell this venue out or or who are we? You know, we we were here last time and the show was great. Is it going to be the same this time? You know, it's always, it's always like that fear of fear of decline, I guess, you know, and so that's, I guess that's human, human nature. Yeah. It must be weird for you, Adam, though, like too, like, I don't know if you're ever shooting, let's say you're doing like a promo photo shoot for whether it's a band or I don't know, just any person and you're there with the camera and like, you're about to hit the shutter, like be like, they're trusting me with this. Like <laughs> all the photographers in the world that could be filming. And it's like, it's me right now. This is me. They, I you know, st- and that, that's like a weird, it can be a weird feeling to kind of, you know, cause you, you know, your own faults and flaws more than anyone else. Right. And everyone, everyone has them, but you don't always know like that other awesome photographer that seems like everything he does is amazing. He, he, he probably is just as self-conscious as you are. Yeah, I still I still feel up to stuff. Ugh, I still I still show up to shoots or things that I'm doing for work and maybe you guys can relate on a showing up to a concert level. I still feel like I did when I was 18 for the most part. I'm just a lot better at 
appearing confident. <laughs> but I still like I like photographed this kid the other day who was 17 and his parents came out to say like, hey, thanks for doing this. And when the parents came out, I always have to tell myself, I was like, talk to them as an equal, talk to them as an equal. Don't talk to them <laughs> like they're your parents. And it's so hard for me to not be like, they're my friend's parents still. Like, you know, like look up to them. Like, no. Yes, they, ma'am. You're, yeah. Thank you. No, <laughs> I'm thank just you like for letting relating me. to the 17 year old far more than I'll ever relate to like this, you know, 50, he's like, I don't know. They're pretty much the same age difference, whether you go up or down at that point. Yeah. But it's just, it's weird, man. Maybe it's just me. I no. always looked at you, Adam, and I'm oh, like, God. he's so fucking good. Like, Thanks, man. Does he even think about that? You know, like, like, just my perspective on you, like, outside looking in, I was just like, he's so, like, you would just come to the bus and show us stuff that you did at a show, and I'm like, what the fuck? I've never even seen something like this before, and I just went in there and experienced the show, and it didn't feel like the photo you just showed me. Thanks, Neil. It, it made me feel more important. I don't know. I Like, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like seeing your photos, I would always gain confidence and be like, man, we are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we got to keep bringing Adam out here because he makes me feel really important. I don't know. Like, I would be like, that was pretty dope what I just did. And then, like, I would see it and I'd be like, holy shit, it was it was like that? I didn't even know. Because you're just that good at it. Well, thank you. I don't have any other option than to do a hard segue cut into this next section because I don't know how to segue from that. But I appreciate the compliments. <laughs> but before we finish up, because it's already almost been an hour, I do want to get some uh, tips from you, Shane. I feel mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I feel like there's certain things you're probably really, really good at and you might not even know you guys are really, really good at, or maybe you do know, but just things that you've developed or routines that you've kind of gathered over the years of being on the road, all the places you've been, all the people you've traveled with. You guys are all awesome. Your crew's all amazing. And I think that that is really the goal of this show. So I was hoping we could ask you a few questions on, I don't know, like some, if you have any essentials or tips for people when they finally get to live in the coffin of a bunk is there anything that (laughs) you can advise them on that you're like please do not a lot of people do this but you need to do this yeah there's there's many things i think one thing that nobody does that i discovered a long time ago whenever you're touring or actually no whenever you're traveling always bring an extension cord doesn't have to be like a big ass one or just a small extension cord just like a two-prong extension cord so that you don't have to move some furniture in the hotel room to try (laughs) to plug your fucking charger in or whatever so you can be like great plugs over there i plug it in i run the cord around and then i gotta have plug my phone in or whatever my computer in right next to the bed that is like huge it's huge. You got to do it. You got to get that. Just wrap it up. What? Put it in your bag. It's there. Then you, you never have to worry. Furniture? You work at <laughs> you the know hotel. Phone and chargers. Like... I've left behind shit in hotel rooms. Like, oh my god. So, I know that's not a bus thing, but no, that's no, good. That's huge. I'm just that's picturing huge. being the that's hotel one... worker, and you see like ten people walking in, all with extension cords in their hand. And they're like, "What is going on? Why do they all have extension cords?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um... Hmm. Every bus is a little different, right? Um, I can't, I'm not a big top bunk guy. Cause, uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm just terrified of falling out and yeah, it can be a little bit sway. So, so I, I tend to just take a bottom bunk so I don't have to fight anybody for the, uh, middle bunks. Um, Hmm. What else like, do I do? My tips are like, always bring a bottle of water. I know that's pretty basic, but you always want a bottle of water in the bunk for when you're sleeping in there. Well, that's- oh yeah. If you're a singer, you got to be stashing them. Like I have, I put a, the first thing I do is when we have water in case we run out, I make sure I have, there's like a little bit of a corner between the mattress and the, the corner of the a bunk. Each four of those corners has a bottle of water in it at all times, <laughs> just in case. You have a moat around your bunk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's key. Uh, if you buy records on tour, a lot of people like to buy records on tour, you know, like you don't want to put them in a closet. Something gets bumped into it. Great place to put a record under your mattress. Oh yeah. Between the, uh, the wooden board and your mattress. It's a great place to put vinyl or posters. If you get cool, um, sometimes venue posters, you don't really know what to do with them. 
could put them right under there. It's a good spot. Are, that's that's great advice. And if you you can just put them under somebody else's bunk and not tell them, and then they'll just be there for you, and you know they won't take up any room you, under you, yours. You could if you like, run out, they'll never check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who who actually changes their sheets on tour? Like, no, maybe the bus driver. <laughs> like, like maybe, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if I'm ever um, looking for something that I've lost, I know I can look under Alex's bunk, and it's probably there. Well, I was just gonna say. <laughs> Alex is the only person that checks under his bunk because that's where he puts all of his like snacks and stuff that he half eats and just leaves them there. <laughs> Little squirrel. Yeah, he just hides like food for later. That you know, the bus driver <laughs> came to us and was like, "Why is there like pop tarts and stuff under the top bunk in the back?" We're like, "Alex's bunk." Yes. Yep. Exactly. What about what about weird rider items? Do you guys have anything that like you always request at venues, or is there anything that you've requested that you didn't think you were gonna get and you got it? Oh, oh, probably, but I have I have to tell you the story about Alex really quick while I'm remembering. Our Alex? I'm so, really excited. Yeah, you're, you're oh, yeah. Alex. We're yeah. here for so the we, Alex story. I forget where we were. We were on that the Tour Sick tour, and we had gotten sponsored by the Hundreds, which was like kind of random. Uh, they like just liked our band, so they gave us a bunch of shit, and I remember you guys were a little bit jealous because you guys were all into that brand. And Alex had told me, he's like, oh, so I got him a shirt. Like, like, you know, I just got him a hundreds t-shirt or whatever. So I was like, I was like, oh, here you go, man. Like, you know, and he's like, oh, dude, thanks. And he was so stoked. And he like was looking around like for something to give me back. Like, that's just him. <laughs> and somehow he's like, he found a case of Kool-Aid jammers. <laughs> See, was like, he's a good guy. It was like, he was like, hey man, you want you want these Kool-Aid jammers? I was like, okay. <laughs> so he had to trade me something for the shirt, which I just thought it was like uh, adorable. He um, he has the best snacks always. Yeah. And like once he realized that he could like write them on the list and people would get them for him, mm -hmm. he's getting Kool-Aid jammers every week. That was like that was his currency. He that means he really appreciated you. Wow, what you did. There oh. you go. There you go. Uh, I, in terms of rider, uh, we don't have anything too crazy. We like went through that for a while. Like we used to get a, we used to put a, a new DVD release on the rider, you know, and, and like all this. And then we, we started to realize like, wait a second, we're paying for all this shit. But, <laughs> but, what, we, um, but what we started, we started doing for a while was instead of getting rider we would just pocket all the money and then like every three days we someone would get an ipad that's pretty <laughs> that's sick. sick so we started doing that or like what we would call super buyouts where it'd be like look we don't need any snacks or anything right like we can live without it like okay the right the um the budget is fifteen hundred dollars like hey just here you go here's a couple hundred bucks like and everyone's like that's better than that's kool-aid jammers no offense right that's like that's awesome God. Damn it! Now I wish we would like stop doing all that. I'm like, like, yeah, Neil. We're like, less we chips, need to get the more best iPads. vodka ever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're paying for it. I'm like, shit. Yeah, okay, but you can get that. You get that cash, and then you just find the liquor store that has the really good vodka, and you just go buy it yourself. And then you know that's fine too. But there's the convenience of like walking in the room and having all the shit there. Like you don't necessarily want to worry about it, but half the time it's like you walk in it, right. They don't even have the stuff there anyway. They have to send someone to get, get it. And then they're it's not even set up until, you know, like after sound check anyway, it's like, okay, well, what's the point? So I think, the, I think the real lesson here is just because someone will go and get it for you, take that budget, spend it, get it yourself, spend it how you want to. And then you can like, that's the real big brain move. Like, don't worry about someone else like having to go and find it and blah, 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 whatever. Just take that money and then split it up yourselves. Because it's I'll be your, your money runner. anyways. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Can you Man. imagine being the runner and you show up to the venue and they're like, in the, the venue, the the tour touring group is like, uh, we don't have a rider. You're good. You can go home for the day. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> we the don't band's even decided to, to keep Thank the you money. For your time. We'll go get yeah. it ourselves. Yeah. I did a I did this real quick solo tour one time and when the agent booked it I, I think the agent like it wasn't a lot of communication with like how the tour was going to go on so got the offers whatever I think assuming I was probably going to be touring with like either a full band or like a crew or whatever it ended up being me and one other dude we toured in a minivan then That's the opening sick. act one opening act and it was uh Mark Rose from Spitalfield I don't know if you know him Neil and his brother. So there was four people in the touring party. 
So we'd roll in with like $250 catering budget. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever That's it was. Like, do it, man. We were like, I was shit. always jealous of people that were touring as like an acoustic act because it's like you literally could tour in a car if you really wanted to. Yeah. We yeah, toss your instrument in the trunk, or, and then whoever else is on tour with you, and then that's it. I'm just like, yep. fuck. Why do Welcome we have to have DJ like life. vaults and like amps and all this shit? I'm like, again, I, if we did that, I probably wouldn't be here. I'm just a rhythm guitar player. They probably could have done it without me. But you know, I'm thankful for that. But Jesus, what a way to do it. That's sick. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I do, man. <laughs> Neil, it's amazing. Neil, you want to hit him with the last and most important question? Of course, I have been thinking about this from the moment that we got on this call. Oh, geez. Uh, this is something that we've all wondered for a long time. Do you use shower shoes or not? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I am. See? I raw dog it, man. I, um, I'll tell you this. I have been touring uh, for 18 years, minus the last one. 18 years. I have showered in all kinds of horrible, horrible environments. <laughs> I have not once put any sort of flip-flop or anything on my feet ever, and I have never caught any athlete's foot or anything ever. Respect. Never. This is our champion. Shane is here to tell everyone. That's facts. Keeping it real. I yeah. see people doing that. I'm like, this just seems like such a nuisance like to worry about. So Your immune you know, system was ready for coronavirus, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> exactly i haven't got it yet maybe that's yeah, why see that's there's <laughs> something here i don't i'm not a i'm not a doctor or a scientist or a musician but there's something here i'm just saying yes. yep no 100 i i think with the in the toiletry game try to go as minimal as possible you don't need extra stuff I remember Adam came up to our dressing room in Mexico City and you were like, does anyone have a razor? I need a razor. Where's the razor? And I was like, I actually really? don't have a razor, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm only, only in Mexico for three days. <laughs> Did I really do that? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel embarrassed about the stories I hear about myself because I feel like I've gone through my waves of my career and maybe I was not as nice as I am now at some points or maybe more selfish. And the fact I went to your dressing room and asked for a razor makes me feel silly about myself no no no. we were like hanging out it wasn't yeah it wasn't weird or anything you weren't like (laughs) give me a razor when when we said sorry we don't have one you didn't start breaking shit (laughs) that's not weird (laughs) all right cool i'll just make it sure no i mean (laughs) no i i feel like um adam you my perspective on you is like because i've known you since you were really young and i saw you gain confidence and gain expertise and like i was always impressed that you you like went for it man and you and you well, did it, you. but then every time I ran into you, no matter like how big your face was printed on a T-shirt, <laughs> I was like, "This guy's still the best. This guy's still awesome." So, it, I, I I I back you, man, hundred percent. Always have. Well, thank you, Shane. That's very nice coming from you for, you know, for what it's worth. Like I obviously look up to you and Neil, and I don't know. This is like my reward for doing well in my career is I get to have friends or people that like call me their friend that are of your guys' level, and I feel really like. I don't know. I feel honored to be running in the same social circles as people that are devoted and uh, authentic with what they do as you guys. So thank you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. You, man. Well, I mean, I think we finished, guys. You want to uh, thank you, Shane, for coming on here and yeah. giving us uh, giving us some of your time. We appreciate you. Oh, of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's nice to talk about touring. It's been a year since uh, we did it, and it just feels like. I don't know. I'm getting that little giddy feeling inside, you know, yeah. remembering it's coming back. things. I like when you, when you, it's funny. Cause you, you asked me the tour like tips and I'm like, damn, it's been a while. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've always been but nervous. I had a lot of fun. Like, Thank you. How to do it. Like, I know. It's like not like a bike thing that you can just like go and do no matter how long it's been. But I forget how to pack a suitcase. There is like things that you just, and obviously we're done, but there's things that you just, you got to do it often to like, remember like the little things that like little level ups or whatever, but wait, don't stop recording. I'll tell you, Neil, when you guys get back and you play that first show, when you wake up the next day, you were going to have the ultimate bang over. I was just going to say, I'm not going to pick my head up. It's going to be like this. Yeah. Oh shit. And for people who don't know a bang over is what you get when you head bang and you have not head banged in a long time. And then the next day, your muscles say, whoa, what the hell? Yep. That's the thing over. It's going to be real. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Neil, hey, you do. Wait, sorry. Go congratulations, Shane. Shane, on the live streams. Those were sick. I oh, you got to check them. them out. Thanks. Yeah, it was. They were a lot of fun. They were. We were we inspired tried, by what you oh, did. We like had multiple conversations trying to figure out our own lane in that whole the promo situation, and we've we've uh, used you guys as like um, you guys under oath and a couple other people that we look up to in the scene, just as like this is really fucking cool what they did. Uh, maybe we should do something similar, or like even like how you split it up. I love that idea. I think that yeah. that's just great. Well, the the whole reasoning behind that is just. Like when you go to a show, it's loud and you can look where you want and there's people running into you and there's like all these extra, you know, things and you can't mm -hmm. capture that. So like bands that are just going out and being like, hey, we're going to play. Like to me, that's so fucking boring. It so is. like you trying hard. to add an element of of, you know, like we added a story to ours and like all that shit. It was just like that's what you got to do, I think, to make it interesting. So that, that was our take, at least. I'm glad you entertaining. Like to keep their attention. It's like in the age of like four minute YouTube videos. Like to keep their like Yeah. We've talked about sure. it. It's like how do you go and play Ten a headlining set and keep their attention? You can't do that. It's hard to do that. Yeah. Well, you guys have always done a good job though with that stuff. Like I remember the uh like even as far back as like the tours uh, the homesick, you know, studio videos you guys were doing, like all that. Like that that stuff was all great. That stuff was awesome. So you guys you guys understand that. So. It's hard. It's hard, man. Well, thanks, guys, for having me so much. Mr. Kevin Scaff, Minnesota's finest, take it away with your rendition of Wheels on the Bus. Bus.